0: 256 That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV's Smash After Show.
1: Yay! Yay! <laughs> At the midnight hour. At the midnight hour. We're here. <laughs> We have a lot of applause tonight. I know, I like it. (laughs) With our new intro, I actually don't ever know if Rich is going to say the name of the show. So I was I was ready to scream Smash, and I didn't have to. So here we are, Smash Season 1, Episode 4. I'm Tamara Berg. I'm joined in the studio by Sarah Mendoza. And have fabulous, fabulous Ronnie Jr. running the board for us. Hey, hey, hey. So fabulous. Yay. We are happy to be here. It is almost midnight, and yeah, we're just ready. We are ready. We're ready. Um, Kendra is not with us tonight. And so we're kind of bummed about that. We hope she feels better soon. Yeah,
2: feel better, Kendra. We
1: need her here with us. Mm -hmm. So tonight's episode was called The Cost of Art. And some of that was literal and some of that was figurative, I think, as the show went on. Mm -hmm. Um, We first want to talk about Eileen and Lyle. Um, So Eileen, played by Angelica Houston, was opened the show, or her early part of the show, was talking about how she has money problems with Jerry and how much she hates him, and she needs 200 grand. You know, don't we all?
2: <laughs> we all could use that money. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> we all need 200 grand.
2: But yes, her husband is being a turd like usual. Yes. He's frozen the money so that she can't take it. She was ready to invest that into the show, into the musical Marilyn, and now he's frozen the account, so she's like what the heck am I going to do?
1: Yeah, talk about crippling somebody. I mean, she's she, here she is, a, a Broadway producer. That's all she does. That's all she knows. And sh- so she's lost him as a as a business partner because they mm-hmm. did a lot of this together. And then he's making it impossible for her to do it on her own.
2: I mean, what a jackass. He's just, like, trying to trap her. You know, it's it's one of those things, like, now that he's sort of lost her, he's just kind of trying to trap her there because if she can't be happy with him, she can't be happy with anyone else
1: I understand it happens a lot in divorce situations <laughs> this is true I'm very close to a divorce that just got resolved recently and there's a lot of that going on and that's all I'm gonna say yeah mm-hmm. Scandalous. Scandalous. yeah it gets ugly because you go for, she actually talked about this you know she was looking at the painting later in the in the in the um, episode mm-hmm. she was saying you know here I was look I'm looking at how did you put it The the happy times and then when it ends it ends badly
2: mm-hmm.
1: and for some reason it just ring, really brings out the worst in people right you almost never hear about a pleasant divorce or a simple divorce it's always contentious there's always right because when and you've made that and... decision
2: it's almost like you're trying to affirm your decision for that decision to split yeah. so you're only going to think about the bad things yeah which is of course going to make you feel better about you know the decision to part ways <laughs> we're
1: working on adjusting our cameras a little bit and I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to make Ronnie laugh hi so she needs 200 grand and lo and behold Nick Jonas arrives Nick Jonas <laughs> you
2: are cracking me up Ronnie's doing some like navel crazy maneuvers. acrobatics yes. over here on the side.
1: <laughs> Somebody call Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> so, enter Nick Jonas playing Lyle. Lyle, I didn't West. get his last name. Lyle, Lyle West. West.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, he is so young. <laughs> <laughs> he's in actuality, he's twenty years old. He's playing a fifteen year old who jokes, who's joking about his age. And his no, sense.
1: he's he actually is twenty. He was joking about oh, being fifteen. Okay. He's playing
2: twenty as well. I see. But he's this big-time TV star and Angelica Houston's character since she's looking for money yes. when she hears that he's in town and this is someone she's worked with in the past, she's thinking dollar signs, yeah. right? Yeah. She's thinking this is an opportunity right. to, you know, somehow get the money that she needs to fund the show
1: because it had been in the trades that he sold his show into syndication for 80 million dollars.
2: 80 million. Eight million would have been enough, right? But eighty million. So of course, you know, two hundred thousand dollars, chump change. A twenty dollar. Might as well try, right?
1: Twenty year old kid making eighty million dollars, right, in a day.
2: Wouldn't that be nice? Right. (laughs) So, um, so she's she tried to sell the painting, the Degas, to the Mm -hmm. um, to the curator, to a gallery or whatever, yeah, to a gallery. Not gonna happen because it's under Jerry's name. So she's found this loophole. She's gonna try and get Nick Jonas's character to invest um, in In art, Maryland show, yeah, and through the art. And um, by the end of the episode. He's sold because of, you know, he sees the performance and he thinks it's going to be a great. A right.
1: So it's interesting because he kind of turns it around. She begins by thinking, I need 200 grand. I'll sell the Degas. I'll sell the Degas to Lyle. Lyle will buy the Degas. Then I'll have the 200 grand to put back in the show. And he takes it a little further. He goes, you need 200 grand. You have a Degas. I'll take the ga- Degas. But I'm, I'm going to literally invest in your show it's not going to be any of this, you know, I buy a painting and something happens because he sees the great success that this show could possibly be. Right. And it was pretty astute for a 20-year-old to have this figured out. And she even commented on that.
2: And can you explain to me again about the points? He was yeah. asking for points.
1: Right. For so points are percentage points. And it's percentage of the profits once the show, you know, becomes real and becomes becomes a, a success. And, of course, it's a gamble. Because if the show is a, a flop. not a success, mm-hmm. if it's a flop, like they've been saying since the very beginning, um, that or not they've been saying, but when they were first conceiving the show in episode one, everyone said, "Can't do it; it'll be a flop."
2: Right, like they've done it before; it's not going to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway,
1: it's it's a gamble for sort of everyone involved because if you ask for points, you're doing it betting that the show is going to be a success, and of course, the producers give points. You know, kind of hoping it's going to be a success, but they realize that they're going to give away their some of their profits, percentages of their profits in order to get the money up front or the talent up front or the whatever it is they want in the beginning. Right. So he wanted she wanted to give him one point, And these are percentage points. He wanted three. And and you and I were kind of <clears throat> talking a little bit at the time, so I'm not exactly sure. But I think they settled <laughs> on one and a half.
2: Yeah, I think so, that's what it was. So the more you invest, the more points you get, mm-hmm, essentially, mm-hmm, or, and someone, or and the better
1: negotiator you, you are, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's how okay. that works. So he was saying that he wants to share on the profits. He doesn't just want the dig He wants to. He wants a piece of the show.
2: Which means he he he's believing in it. Yes. He's believing in its success. Yes, which is great. Yeah. Now, do you think that? Um, so they put Nick Jonas in this episode. Mm-hmm. Part of it is, you know, so that the younger right. audience um, stays on. Yes. And, abort, and we see that, you know more guests are going to be coming in in the future mm-hmm. um, so what do you think about his performance though was he the right choice um, for the episode do you think I so? think
1: he was fine I think his acting was serviceable as <laughs> um, as certain people around here in After Buzz would say um, I don't think he was brilliant he's not going to win any awards for it but he you know he was a kid playing he was basically playing mm-hmm. very much like himself so and, and I liked the song that he sang mm-hmm. I thought that was fun but um, It was fine. I have no. I have no complaints about
2: it. I thought that it was sort of opposite of what what's been in the media, at least, because he sort of plays this cocky, like cocky kind of um, young star. Uh huh. Whereas, like in actuality, Nick Jonas is such a. He's like his family is a very Christian family. Mm -hmm. uh, Very. They have this sweet persona about them. Yes. And here he is. You know. Trying to take Megan Hilty or Ivy up to his bedroom. Well, I did
1: love that scene. That was right. hilarious because it's so
2: opposite of what we see of him yes. in the media already. Yes, so I thought that was interesting. That
1: scene was really good. I have to say his and his performance in that scene mm-hmm. was really good as well. Um, they are saying I, or he. I, I read a um, an interview with Nick Jonas in. Uh, The Hollywood Reporter. And he said that there is a possibility that Lyle will come back in another episode later in the season. Although I don't know when this if this if this uh, interview was done weeks ago, or if it was done in the last week, because they're Mm -hmm. actually filming. Episode twelve or thirteen right now of fifteen episodes that they're going to do for the show. So Mm -hmm. if he's coming back, he would probably know by now if he was coming back by this before the end of the right. And
2: well, in today's episode, he says, you know, I'll be in the office on Monday or whatever because he's got to come by and do the you know invest. Right. So we'll probably see him in. you know a couple more one, so. at least one more
1: maybe so i think i hope so i think it was fun i thought it was a fun yeah he's adorable fun thing so um was there anything else about them i don't think so i think we should move on to derek
2: dastardly derek oh, derek well let's should we insert your your little news tidbit that you megan hilty was talking about oh yes Yes, we should. Because it kinda goes with this.
1: Yeah. She was on uh, the Today Show this morning and two things she said. One of them was, I'm Marilyn for now. Hmm. She said, as someone who's been through the process of workshopping an original for everybody. It might be. (laughs) It might be. She says as somebody who's been through the process of you know, being in an original show and going through the workshop process and all that kind of stuff, she said just because you start out doesn't necessarily mean that you get to keep your job. And we've been talking about that anyway from the very beginning, right? That, and, and we'll talk about predictions a little bit later. But the other thing she said was – because we've been speculating that Derek was really using her mm-hmm. and that there weren't genuine feelings on his part. And she said that it's a real relationship that's building between the two of them on the show.
2: Which I find completely surprising, mm-hmm. even especially with – with this episode, there's still evidence that he's a playa. A womanizer. Yeah. For sure. I mean, he's feeling on the booty of another woman in this episode. Oh, <laughs> oh she's God just, just an men. investor. <laughs> right. It just seems like Really, you know, they do that to me at
1: the bank, too.
2: All the time. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get your 80 mil. <laughs> um no, but it's just lame excuses. He's trying to have his cake and yes. eat it, too. Yes. And she's still falling for it. Yes. Which I don't get. But he <laughs> invited her to the
1: party, which meant that he was, number one, letting her in his home.
2: Yes, but, you know, along with, for me, it was like, along with yes. 500 million other people. Yes. It's but not special. But also,
1: he was inviting her to a party in his home with 5 million other people, And kind of starting to show public displays of his connection with her. He was touching on her in rehearsal during the break. Mm -hmm. And I'm just putting onto it that if he brought her to his home for this party, then he was probably – You know, touching her at some point during the party as well, kind of Mm -hmm. claiming his territory and displaying that to the people that he invited.
2: See, I'm thinking that whole investor spiel, though, Mm -hmm. with him touching the other woman's derriere um, was just kind of like a cover up story for to Ivy. So he kind of saves himself a little bit. I so think, you're just not
1: buying it at no, all? No, I'm
2: just not buying it. Like, I think he did that to sort of offset the attention he does give Ivy. Like, hey, I do this to every woman. Ivy's no special woman. I'm just a very flirty, touchy person. So I think he's trying to make it seem like it's not what it is yeah. with, with Ivy yeah. to the public.
1: Well, I mean, based on what we see, we have seen, I completely agree with you. Um, I'm just telling you, Megan Hilty said it's a real relationship.
2: I know, which is surprising to me
1: and she's several episodes she's 10 episodes ahead of us
2: (laughs) that's true so I almost wish she didn't say that because I I like this whole like deliberating whether or not yeah whether or not it's a real relationship or not yeah because if she hadn't said that I still wouldn't have bought it okay yeah I think I mean
1: I I agree with you I agree with you so he, uh, Derek at one point says, so really what I wanted to talk about in this segment was Derek and just his whole character. He's, <clears throat> he's claiming that he discovered Lyle West. Mm-hmm. Tom is also claiming he discovered Lyle West. And apparently the two of them together created right. the show that he that he starred in. Then, you know, you have him like I said pawing on Ivy during rehearsals having some frustration with her he there's so many things that we know about him and so much we don't know and i you know i just kind of wanted to talk about the what, what we think he is is there have we learned anything new about him in the last two episodes
2: no you know as far as like his background story we've we've gotten nothing so far i would like and there's so there's no reason for us to empathize with him or for me at least i don't empathize with him or feel sorry for him or you know i'm so infuriated by him because i have no connection with him i know nothing about him except for he displays you know actions of like womanizing all these women around him yes and he's kind of a turd right so i'd like to learn more about who he really is, where he comes from. Right. I, I agree with that.
1: And the other thing about it is that not only does he is he a womanizer, but he really um, takes the opportunity to exploit his position. So it's not just that he's charming and, to some people, attractive, not to us, um, but he also is this powerful director. So he he just he used it on karen on mm-hmm. a, in episode 2 he used it on ivy obviously and he probably uses it all over the place and it just it's frustrating to see that because i think it's icky
2: right but it's i you know i guess it's a, a reality of this type mm-hmm. of industry people mm-hmm. name drop you know mm-hmm. they um exaggerate just to you know take themselves to, to the top and get what they want right Right. So he's just a prime example of one of those cookie-cutter directors who will do whatever, say mm-hmm. whatever.
1: Well, and I think what you say is really true. We we just haven't learned anything else about him. We just keep seeing him do the same thing mm-hmm. in different ways with different people. So he's just – he's continually serving himself, being self-serving, and – I don't know, maybe what what would you like to see come out of him? I mean, would you like to see more of him as as a director? Would you like to find out more of his past history? What what are you looking for or hoping for with maybe him?
2: Maybe just more of all we see from him is career moves, really. Yeah. I don't quite see Ivy's relationship with him as completely, like, Personal to him yet, yeah. Um, so maybe just something a little more personal—his family, where he comes from. Maybe why is he such a hard ass? Mm-hmm. What has he gone through in his life that's made him that way? Okay, you know we don't know anything about that yet, right? Because we
1: have gotten glimpses of pretty much everyone else right. that that speak to that, but not with him. So they're really holding it back,
2: right? So, yeah. so hopefully we'll see you know a little bit more about him in the future episodes. Although it seems like from all the previews, it's always just him you know yelling at somebody else or yeah you know
1: yeah um there was a conversation in the end between him and Ivy and she has been we're we're going to get to Ivy in a minute but I just want to touch on this because this is really more of a Derek thing he's she's she's having challenges as we're going through this episode and at the end he says something to the effect of this is this is who you are now you are the star of a broadway show and she says i just want to feel safe mm-hmm. and he says then go back to the chorus because nothing is safe about being a star right and i thought that was r- r- insightful it is a little bit the kind of thing that a high powered director would say to his high strong actress but <laughs> but it's it's absolutely true there's no mm-hmm. hiding where she is now, and she clearly has insecurities, and that is to go back to the name of the the episode, the cost of art, one of the costs for her is giving up her security, giving up her maybe anonymity and I know Man. I know people struggle with that all the time because there is uh, people who are relatively balanced, I would say, because <laughs> most I wouldn't even say most, but there is this culture that exists in America right now of I just want to be famous for famous' sake, right? And and people who, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> getting over a cold, and every once in a while it just jumps in on me.
2: P people on that who, side of the table, I, I'm <laughs>
1: done with it. I'm way done with it. No. You should have been worried about me two weeks ago when I wasn't here. See. I saved you from it. But people who are, who are performers or artists of some kind, when, when you get to that point of having to display your art to other people, there is the cost of that you have to give up your anonymity to a certain extent. And there are different ways of handling that. Sometimes you're like Woody Allen and won't go to the Oscars. Or sometimes, you know, you sell your art through, through many channels so you don't have to see the public. But if mm-hmm. it's something like you're a performer, there's a whole different world that comes with it. And for right. a lot of people, that, that process is really frightening.
2: Right. And because since you're a performer, you're going to be judged on your performance Mm -hmm. every time. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't end when you leave the stage. They're going to, you know, they're going to just equate you when they meet you at a party like Ivy to your character. And it's going to affect the way that they perceive you as a performer. Right. So it's a lot of pressure. I'm, you know, I myself, I'm not an actress, but I imagine it to be a lot of pressure even sitting here at After Buzz, you know, people listen to us. We have to think about what we say and she's dealing with that on a you know, a large scale as well. Mm-hmm. Being a up and coming Broadway star. Mm-hmm. And it seems like because of her insecurities, it's obvious that she has a lot of insecurities and we'll talk about more of that later, you know, with the rivalry between him her and Karen. Mm-hmm. Um but she she's just breaking sort of under the pressure. Yeah. And she's kind of turning into a little diva about it too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, there are prices to be paid
2: right um,
1: I want to talk about Ivy and Karen in a minute, but I think first we should talk about just the the musical performances mm-hmm. how 's that for you
2: let 's do that so
1: the first one was <clears throat> it was opened in the beginning the uh, never met a man never met a man never met a wolf who didn 't love to howl that 's what it yes. was, and then that was the song that they did the
2: original piece for this episode
1: yes, and that was the song that
2: they did in the party at the end, which I loved. I, I just thought the number was so cute. So fun. And we got to hear Deborah Messing sing for a little bit. Yes. Which, you know, we haven't really heard her sing yet. And it was just a little slice there. Yes. But it was very cute, her little interaction with uh, Megan Hilty. Yes. And then they had the little fun dancers in the back while Megan Hilty, uh, Ivy, was performing Yes, uh, to the audience. It was just such a great number. One of the things I loved about it
1: was it didn't look... Over choreographed because they were pulling. You know, they had they called Michael at the last minute. Mm-hmm. They any time any singer of of Megan Hilty or Ivy's sort of stature, you go, would you mind giving us a song? Mm-hmm. Of course, she's ready at any moment, right. you know, And has choreography ready as well. But then all those other people didn't. The the one waitress dropped her info to Eileen, I am a singer and an actress, mm-hmm. or actress and a dancer, and she ended up being in the number. Right. She was a waiter in the number she with the in. other waiter. And so the it, it did look a little bit spontaneous and that I thought that was fun. It wasn't over-choreographed. Right. And and <clears throat> I've been to parties where things like that have happened nowhere near as fabulous as that. <laughs> it's
2: but, not a flash mob. Yeah, you know, no, it's, not it's a flash mob. Too, and right. it, it worked. But I thought it was adorable. Yes, it was very nice. It was nice to see everybody just kind of having fun. Because it wasn't choreographed, it looked like they, it was just an impromptu performance. They were just having fun. Like, they went out one night, you know, sort of like how we go w- out with our girls and do karaoke and it's right. just a fun time.
1: Right. And that's yeah. what they
2: had in that performance yeah. tonight.
1: Now, here's some scoop I read today. So, Tom, the guy who plays Tom, who's um, b- uh, Christian Borley, or Borle, Bor- yeah. Borle? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, <laughs> can't play the piano at all.
2: No. Can't play the piano. I was just, you know, I was thinking in this episode how awesome it is that he can play the piano. not at all. He tricked all. me. He
1: did. So they were talking about, one of the things he says was, if the keys weren't muted, people would be horrified by the sounds oh of, the, my of the piece that he was Because if you saw him in the background of that piece, he was standing up doing Jerry Lee Lewis, kind of like really banging on the keys. Mm-hmm. Can't play a note.
2: And then later when he's talking to his To the romantic uh, his moment of his
1: date. Yeah. It he, didn't match up that he well. He was spanking it the whole time. <laughs> and it didn't match up that well. Darn. But um, And they were also saying in this article that I read that uh, Mark Shaman... Sometimes, um, so if, if Mark Shaman's not on the set, he might actually change the song that he's playing in order to fit what Tom is playing on the piano. And it's a kind of chicken and egg thing, mm. you know. So was it, was it Tom's character who created the rhythms that Mark Shaman ultimately played, or did Mark Shaman play the rhythms that Tom matched? And sometimes they don't know. So I just thought that was fascinating. He can't play no, at all. No, yeah, that's very Not interesting. At all. Not like my friend Ben Folds,
2: also can play the
1: heck out of a piano.
2: Also, he plays um, a homosexual man in the show, but yes. he's actually a straight man. So he's, got, he's doing a lot of fake in here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so there you go. Mhm. Okay, so uh, then there was the song <coughs> There it comes again. have Oh gosh, there was Haven't oh, met right, you so, yet with uh,
2: mm-hmm. that was Nick Jonas's performance. Yes. Adorable.
1: I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. I love that song. You love that song. We talked about I it. I love
2: Michael Bublé. I love
1: Michael Bublé and his <laughs> voice. It's so beautiful. It's like butter. <laughs> um, but I thought it was a really nice rendition of the song. It it's was. something that we've heard a lot. And in I the think last... he
2: plays the piano, so uh, realistic there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I liked
1: it. I thought it was good. Now, there was the little part of a song, Let My Heart Be The Teacher, that they were doing in the... Um, rehearsal room it was the, the song that uh, ivy oh, got right. Karen kicked out for mm-hmm. sorry this is really hitting me right now
2: <laughs> no problem no yeah so the the song when they were rehearsing the the harmonies were beautiful oh it was
1: so gorgeous gorgeous
2: And you can hear um, Catherine McPhee's voice shine through, and that was a whole issue in the episode, but she's got an amazing
1: voice. She does. She does. I hope that we get to hear all of that song. Mm -hmm. I figure if they've done that much of it, they're just they will leak it out later <clears throat> but and fully the,
2: staged too those, i can't wait to see it on the stage those
1: harmonies i was just like i was mesmerized And you by
2: were them. in a quartet before too I so was, you must have been
1: I was so i really appreciate all of those the the chords and things like that right. i think that's that really appeals to me a lot so i thought that was really beautiful You
2: need to teach me how to harmonize um, I, Tamara
1: Okay well <laughs> i learned because my mom when i was when i was really young we didn't have a dishwasher
2: <clears throat> and so <laughs>
1: We had this big – well, like I was four, so anything is – any sink is deep to a four-year-old. So it was a very deep sink, and so it was the kid's job to wash the dishes. So we'd have a stool that we would stand on and have to wash the dishes. And so my mom, in order to make the job go faster, would make us sing and so that was that, and uh, I have an alto Very voice cute. so I don't ever get to sing the lead anyway <laughs> and so apparently I was an alto even when I was four because my mom was teaching us all harmonies when I was really a little kid. It's like kid. the sound so of music It is a little bit
2: <laughs> So cool. I'm
1: kind of embarrassed to say but yeah it was kind of sound of music I love it
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kills are
1: alive um, <laughs> Oh okay so and the rumor has it
2: Yes, Adele,
1: which was well. It was so more good. of a
2: dance performance. Yes, and then she kind of did her little run near the end, and which was good. I loved it. I love the dancing. It was so cute, um, the way it was choreographed with the clap. And you were you were commenting I, about that. Yeah, I really that.
1: liked that. I thought that was. Adorable. I thought you kind of
2: moving in your seat as it was, as it was going along. I can't stand still. <laughs>
1: it's, not, it's not possible it's not possible but i i really liked the moment where they where she they did the you know spotlight on her and she did her mm-hmm. little solo right. line i thought it was inspiring it was very musical theater like you know where right. you're kind of getting a little bit of her point of view and and she's having that moment herself it sounded of course beautiful she looked beautiful um, and it was they a real did their own for the little song.
2: rendition of the song because it—they yeah. changed it. It didn't even seem like it was Adele's song. Yeah, they—they they made it Catherine McPhee's. Yeah, and it was great.
1: I thought that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I was very happy with that. So then, finally, we need to go on to Ivy and Karen and the rivalry. So this is really what most of the episode is about. We right. <laughs> save the best for last.
2: Mm-hmm. So, I was disappointed in Ivy. <clears throat> This yeah. episode because I'm so Team Ivy purely on her talent I think she's an amazing performer mm-hmm. um so she's gotten the part and for some reason she's just become this diva because she's so scared and insecure, insecure. that she's going to lose the part which is a reality of the biz yes um but I think what she's doing is very counterproductive like you said earlier the more diva she becomes, they're probably just not going to want to work with her. She could lose, the very thing that she's trying to prevent could happen because she's trying to prevent it so hard. Yes. Um, So I was disappointed that that's the way she's handling the situation. Yes.
1: But, you know, there is that thing of, she's got a a certain amount of security in the job because she's the one with 10 years of Broadway experience. Mm -hmm. She's the one who got the role. She's the... Uh, the one who has the look and she's the one dating the director so there are a lot of reasons that she should feel secure in what she's doing but clearly she feels threatened because she knows how talented karen
2: is she admits it to everybody she she says it outright like she is really good but at the same time she's complaining about the fact that she's really good like Mm -hmm. can the the ensemble can the chorus please just Tone it down a second.
3: Can I ask a question? I mean, maybe she's feeling, uh, just in my opinion, she's feeling a little insecure. She's been doing it 10 years, and there's the new, young, fresh girl on the scene. Is it that? I mean, even though she's with the director, because it's hard for me to understand why she would be insecure, like you guys were kind of going back and forth about.
2: Right. Uh,
1: Yes, of course that's part of it. Although it's not as if um, Ivy's, you know, an old hag compared to Karen. It's, It's not that. But... I think that more than anything she just doesn't trust herself and doesn't trust her situation. So it's it's it continues to play throughout she she, she didn't first of all Ivy didn't know that Karen was going to be in the chorus in the first place. Right. So that so she was already caught off guard and having run into each other so many times in the auditions beforehand it was probably a little bit of salt in the wound yeah you're getting the part but just know there's somebody in the wings here
2: right and and before before she got the part they pitted them against each other yes they did they made it a competition and then they're going to stick the competitor in the ensemble sort of as a you better not mess up or else we are going to replace you Right. and that is imagined to be a lot of pressure she probably feels like you know, at any moment, it's going to fall out from underneath her.
1: Yeah, but she has she has the part to lose, you know. Right. Whereas whereas Karen has nothing to lose and could absolutely take over the part. I mean, it's it's a, it, they're both in interesting situations. I think Ivy is in the more difficult of the two situations. Right. So she starts pl- kind of playing dirty with that big cheesy grin on her smile. She goes, "No, Karen's really good," and yes she's fantastic can we have her maybe not sing in this in this mm-hmm. part and Karen uh, Karen was dancing like a soloist she was dancing like a lead right. in the parts where she was doing
2: that's her challenge is you know staying in the role that yes. she was given which is in the en- ensemble yes she needs I mean she is she seems to be a humble girl but it's just in her actions she's kind of you know subconsciously trying to shine so that she proves that she could be the star yes and um I guess for respect of uh, you know, out of respect of for Ivy, you know, she should kind of tone it down a little bit. And then the dancers, they they're trying to do an intervention with her, right? Right. Um, for her to turn tune to, uh, tone it down. Yes. Um, so, and we saw her. You know, getting you know, understanding a little bit more after she does meet with the dancers, and yeah. at least try you know, humoring them, trying to practice toning it down with them, which I appreciated. Yes, uh, Karen for in this episode.
1: I do have to say, the dancer, the the group of dancers, especially the guy, there was a little bit of. A, I think they thought they were on a big stage and not on TV, in some of their <laughs> scenes. It was it was very very exuberant, very big, and very it, there was some overacting there in it. There were
2: musical theater-esque instead of TV acting yeah it was kind of bothering me
1: (laughs) but that's okay he was trying to be exuberant and God bless you you have a job on TV (laughs) that's right (laughs) Um, But okay, so before the 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 dancers came on to Karen's team, Karen had the she got kicked out of the number. Right. Mm -hmm. So she goes out into the hallway and the blonde girl dancer comes to her and says, hey, how's it going? Who'd been just nasty to her up to that point. And Karen says, how do you think it's going? It's terrible. And she said and Karen had recently learned that Ivy was sleeping with the director. And so Karen said, look, I could have done that. I could have slept with him. But I didn't. And that doesn't make me lame and it doesn't make me stupid. And I thought that was a really, it was a great speech. It was, a, it was again, right. insightful. And it sort of goes back to that theme of the cost of art. So that was a price that she paid. She could have slept with him, but she didn't. And it cost her, it may have cost her the part of, as the lead.
2: Right. It was something she, also she wasn't willing to pay, right. you know, for yeah. the part. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. You can look at it either way. The, the right. price she paid was not, not doing it, but she also wasn't willing to pay the price. So
2: Yeah, and it's just good that, you know, of the two women, it just seems like Karen is more sure of herself. Yes. than Ivy because Karen can say who she is and she's very s- secure in the fact and ha- you know she stands on the fact that she wouldn't sleep with the director for that right whereas Ivy sitting there questioning you know oh did he just give me the part because I slept with him right like, she's always questioning things well and what I what I find
1: fascinating is where does Karen get her strength from because she she comes from Iowa she hasn't ever had a really big job it it amazes me as someone who uh, can have self confidence issues, sometimes <laughs> everybody um, can. She, it amazes me that she can be so sure of herself at all times, even when she goes through all the auditions and doesn't get the part. Right. And she's been doing this many times, and she gets kicked kicked down, but still has such great strong belief in herself.
2: I think a lot of it has to do with the amazing support that she's had throughout her whole life. When she goes back to Iowa, we see her family and her friends from her hometown. Yes. They're all an amazing um, support group for her. And clearly Dev is as well. Yeah. And then she's got this amazing boyfriend who's there, you know, for everything, for every part she doesn't get he's there yes she goes he goes out there and checks out the director because he wants to make sure she's okay he's there watching her perform with the dancers you know singing um singing at the karaoke place and then tonight when she was dancing um he's she just has all these people to back her so i think that has a lot to do with why she you know, how she grew up to be so sure of herself because all these people loved her and supported her throughout her life. Whereas um, with Ivy, we don't know too much. We Right. The, we saw her talking on the phone
1: in episode mm-hmm. two, I think it was, to her mom. And her mom was sounding d- distracted and like she wasn't even listening to Ivy. So right. Ivy maybe doesn't have anything close to the support group or support system rather that, that uh, Karen does. And and of course that would affect someone's belief in themselves,
2: right? Ivy's family seems to be the people she's met at shows, yes. So still all sort of career related, yes. And then here she's dating the director, right? Which is still another like career contact yes. in her life. Um, so I think she just lacks that real family um, support in uh-huh. her life.
1: Uh huh. Wow, well, we've really
2: psychoanalyzed this, <laughs> haven't we? I think it's good. I know, we're like Dr. Drew here. But,
1: yeah, exactly. But I think that's, I, I just, you know, I love that, that she knew clearly enough herself when uh, the, when Derek, the director, was trying to proposition her and she went, not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And and it could, it could have been kind of a slap in the face for them to ask her to be in the chorus. In the ensemble, and right. you know, here's the consolation prize. But she was smart enough and secure enough to know that, that was something that she could do. It is her first Broadway show, yeah,
2: and she saw it as an opportunity. And good for her. Mm-hmm. Even for two hundred bucks a week, she right. was all for it for the experience. Right? She's great. She's very passionate, obviously, about what she's doing. Yes, and she just wants to learn. Yes. Good for Karen. Team Karen. Kendra's probably really happy about this episode. Yeah, I know. She's she probably so team is. Karen. She
1: probably <laughs> she's is. She's like, mm mm-hmm,
2: Sarah see look uh-huh. at look at Ivy. <laughs> uh-huh. Um but yeah, I'm I mean, I love Karen. I love Ivy too, um, for her talent, but Karen is just she's just that girl you can't help but like. Yes. The girl next door. She's like Katherine McPhee. You yes. Know? Yes. So
1: and and beautiful to look at and amazing to listen to and all of those things. So <laughs> I think maybe we should go on to our commercial and come back with um, some news. Yes. Does that sound good? OK, let's go to commercial. Ronnie.
0: After Buzz TV. Hi, I was once
3: like you.
1: Those of you who don't know, Ronnie and I met, actually, while we were doing the Afterbuzz for The Sing-Off, which is another NBC show. It's a singing competition show, but it is uh, for a cappella groups. And that is one of the loves of my life, is a cappella. And um, I made Ronnie watch it. I was telling Sarah earlier today, I bullied people into watching the show, and Ronnie's one of them. <laughs> um, and the Ronnie and I got to go to the red carpet finale of Lots The Sing-Off. Of fun. We yes, had indeed. such a good time and met people and met the groups and met the judges and just had a ball. It was very silly and very fun. (laughs) And, Pentatonics, the winning group, actually has a new video out of their latest song. And it's starting to really be seen all over on YouTube. And so Ronnie had a little bit of that video that he wanted to play. Are we ready to play it?
3: Yeah, we'll play about 20 seconds of it. It's uh, Goatee or uh, somebody that I used to know. And it's just a cover. And it's Pentatonics stuff that we love.
1: Yes.
0: Okay, you ready? Yeah.
2: We're ready.
0: All right, here we go. We're going. This is happening.
2: Oh, I
1: have seen this. Mmm.
3: so happy you could die
1: so pretty isn't it I have heard this It came out about two weeks ago and I saw it on their Twitter feed and um, I I actually I also saw them live about three weeks ago Ronnie and they did do that song live and it's so it's beautiful gorgeous they're so talented they're I just adorable got right now listening to that they're adorable kids mm-hmm. they they're from Austin Texas they have only been together for they got together what like three weeks before the sing-off competition began so they've wow. been together for like
3: I guess three of them were together originally, and they added two of the other people, and they've they've been a real instrumental thing in this whole YouTube. Uh, that's how they kind of were discovered. So they instantly put out another YouTube video. I guess this was three weeks ago. Sorry for yeah. being a little late. No, but it's still it's so okay. good. You know,
1: it is. It's really it's wonderful. And we're talking about singing anyway. So when the sing off comes around, which won't be till November or December if it comes back. I I hear tell it might, but I don't know that officially. <laughs> um, so it's gonna. It won't come back till November or December. But it's a wonderful. Shows also on NBC, so look for it.
2: Very cool. Um, and you Love have
1: it. some news and gossip for us. So let's do the news and gossip. Let's do it.
0: TV news.
2: All right. So, for all the Team Karen fans, um, news announced that Catherine McPhee is going to appear on The View on Friday, um, March 2nd. So, Uh, Be sure to tune into that. She's going to be there along with guest co-host Chris Jenner, keeping up with the Kardashians, Dr. Drew Pinsky, who I love, Dr. Drew. I love him. (laughs) And real (laughs) estate expert Michael Corbett. So this Friday on The View on ABC. Um, So also, just want to give you the iTunes info Uh, per usual. All the song or the select songs from today's episode are going to be available. Uh, or they're available now on www.iTunes.com forward slash NBC Smash. Um, also for episode recaps, games, photos, videos, musical performance, highlights of this episode, you can go to ww.nbc.com forward slash Smash. <laughs> Tongue twister there for me. Um, so we just got a, a couple celebrity news tidbits here. Um so the character Dennis who's the friend the dancer friend of Ivy of Ivy okay. um, his uh, the actor's name is Philip Spath, a little uh, tidbit here. He's actually been friends with Megan Megan Hilty for eight years in real life no kidding yeah so they were in wicked together in la when megan was glinda he was one of those flying monkeys his name was chistery um but they met there and they've been friends for you know almost a decade now wow i just think it's so cool that you know a lot of the characters roles in the show sort of parallels their lives in actuality Mm -hmm. because it's you know, it's a lot about what they do for a living. They're performers. One
1: of the articles that I was reading today was talking about how, you know, Law and Order has been shooting in New York for 120 years or something like that, mm-hmm. and pretty much every actor in New York has at least been on one episode of Law and Order because they have so many shows and they've been running so long. You just ultimately every actor in New York ends up on Law and Order. And um, one of the interviews I was reading today was saying that this show, Smash, is kind of becoming the Law. And order of Broadway for television so all the Broadway actors are starting to show up on this show because it's got lots of characters and lots of roles that keep going through and and gives them opportunities that they haven't had before. I
2: would love to see um, Adina Menzel. Oh my gosh. She was the first Alphaba in Wicked. She She is was. I loved her when she was on Glee. Yes. Those were my favorite episodes, by the way, but it would be awesome to see her on this show, too.
1: Yes, it would be. So, Adina
2: if you're listening um, a little Contact bit of
1: smash. A little, a little bit of gossip. I want to put in there is that I just heard before we walked in that there is a rumor that Britney Spears might end up being on Smash at some point.
2: Right, that would be so awesome. I think she's a great performer. Yes, and so also has see. done
1: done. There was a little Britney Glee thing going on as well. So mm-hmm.
2: they so had we'll a whole see. episode dedicated to her yes, music. They did. Yes, they did. Awesome. So, okay, let's talk about ratings. Yes, do. Okay, ratings. According to the New York Post, uh, for last week's episode, uh, Hawaii 5 actually beat Smash in the 10 p.m. hour.
1: Oh. Yeah.
2: So ratings are now down to a 2.3 rating in the key 18 to 49 age demographic for a total audience of 6.7 million viewers. Still a good number, but last week it was at 8 million. So it is steadily going. Big decline yeah and the very first episode was 11.4 million so we're seeing you know a definite slide here well
1: and do you think that Nick Jonas being on the show is going to change the ratings for this week
2: I think his fans are going to tune in for this episode, but mm-hmm. then, you know, even if it comes up this week, I wonder if they'll stay for the next episode when, right. they're, when Jonas is Nick Jonas isn't there. Right. So I guess only time will tell. I think that the slide, though, was expected.
1: Yes, of course it was. It's, it's
2: always going to be, you know, more viewers for the first episode. Sure. And then um, people who are still interested are going to stick around. So, you know, I say that the number is still pretty good. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, it increases or stays around that number. Yeah. Yeah, Um, but we shall see is that our news all of our news and gossip that is our news and gossip okay Mm -hmm. and now let's go to predictions and now your After
1: TV predictions well they kind of tip their hand pretty big in their coming up in future episodes segment that they did at the end Um, they at some point Tom says to somebody well we do have our other Marilyn what ooh It was all about McPhee coming in and taking the the Marilyn role.
2: We said earlier, let the bloodbath begin. Uh It's about to get very ugly, especially since, you know, Ivy's been acting the way she is Mm -hmm. and trying so hard to protect her role. Yes. Um, Now that she actually sees it could be a reality that Karen might, you know, come in and swoop that role from her, I predict that there's going to be A lot of confrontation. She's going to make some mistakes. Maybe some backstabbing. I don't know what's going to go on there, but um, it's about to get ugly. I think it is. But exciting. What
1: what do you think about um, uh, Julia? Julia and Michael.
2: Oh, Do you have geez. any prediction about that? She is just, you know, tripping over her words she around that is. man. She's so affected by his presence. She's
1: having palpitations. She embarrassed herself <laughs> really badly in front of him in the beginning of this episode. They, We're all adults here, and he's like, I'm not even talking about you, yeah, honey. Oh, I just wanted to die for her in that scene. I know. Scene.
2: They, both got, they both obviously have lingering feelings, but I think it's a little bit more awkward for her.
1: Yes, I think than so, too. him. I think so, too.
2: Right. So although
1: he told her she smelled good last episode, wasn't it? Wasn't that how it went?
2: Yes, he started it. He opened he did up start that it. Can of worms with her. He did. He's giving her hope. He it's is. That's not good. That's
1: bad. Bad karma That's on both of very their bad. Ends. It's very bad. But it's gonna make for interesting television.
2: It should. <laughs> That's why they wrote it in there, right? Yep.
1: <laughs> I one of the things that I hope for this show, and I know this they probably don't want to hear this, but I would like to see a little more music. Yeah, I know that they've true. they've got to lay out the um the story, but I, I really would like to see, I don't know
2: more more, more performance, maybe. Like I just loved um Ivy's song in the show. Mm-hmm. More of that would be great. Well,
1: and as we get into closer to opening night, I'm sure we'll see more songs because right. they're eventually probably going to have to play every song that they are mm-hmm. intending for the the premiere of the of the Marilyn show throughout the season. So maybe we will be getting more more songs and more music as we go.
2: Right, and maybe more like comp competitive music like between Karen and Ivy the yes. contrast between how yes. each character
1: well performs. like the way that they closed the very first episode with that duet coming yes. together in the end and then both walking into that final which, audition
2: which up until this point has been my favorite number by the way so that it is my so ultimate favorite yeah. favorite smash performance that's far
1: yeah <laughs> well I'm looking forward to next week hopefully hopefully Kendra will be back with us
2: she will she will get better I'm sure she's she resting right now she, she better she doesn't be normally Normally
1: get sick, so she
2: <laughs> can't possibly still be sick next week. Um, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, at Sarah Mendoza. That's Sarah with an H. M E N D O Z A. I am at
1: Tamara Jewelry. T A M A R A J E W E L R Y. Follow me. Follow us, Ronnie. What's yours?
3: Uh, follow at me Ronnie at Junior. Ronnie yeah. Junior. You
2: got it, I sister. Because I follow you. <laughs> she stocks you we on Twitter. We are Twitter
3: and real friends. I love it. <laughs> Great, I really show, Great show, ladies. Great show. Way to work you. it out
2: late. Mom. We will see you
1: next week for Smash. Goodnight, earlier. night,
0: From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network.